Welcome to Positive Talk Radio, evolving ideas, one conversation at a time. Great guests, dynamic stories and interviews, plus new thoughts on a wide range of topics and concepts. I hope that you'll hang with me, Kevin McDonald, my friends, and of course, you, as together we work to understand why we are all here and what we can do to make our world a better place for all of us to be happy, be kind, and live in peace together. Yep, that's Positive Talk Radio. And welcome, everybody, to a Wednesday version of Positive Talk Radio right here on KKNW, 11.50 a.m. And Eric, 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 it is hot, 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 hot. How hot is it? (laughs) It is a warm day. It's about 88 degrees. And I heard today that we uh, tied our record for 90-degree days in the Seattle area. So, uh, yeah, it, it is a warm summer. I am so happy that there's no such thing as global warming. It really makes me happy that because, <laughs> you know, it just is like a normal thing. And and it's it's like uh, uh, floods in Texas and all that. Kind of, it's kind of bizarre. So, Eric, I want to thank you for being here and managing the show for us. I've got more to talk to you about later on in the show. But Very cool. we've. We've got a really cool uh, guest today, uh, and I just met her today, and she has taken the time to be with us this afternoon. And, and her name is Dr. Melissa Bird, and she is a coach, a feminist, an author, a healer, and all sorts of other stuff that she does, including she's got a farm that she is. And uh, Eric, you might be interested in this as well. She's got a farm that that she is in the process of creating that I think is going to be really valuable for people. And so we're going to talk about, well, I guess, uh, Dr. Melissa, we could talk about that first. Um, oh my gosh. Yes. I'm so happy to be here. I just love that this like fell so perfectly into place. And I have to say that, um, I, you know, I'm in Corvallis, Oregon, and it's like 88 degrees or something here. And I'm like, that's not why I live here. I live here because it's like 75 all the time. And I don't understand this. And I want the I want the rain back. Like, I'm like, please, can we just have fall again? Anyway, I, it's coming I soon. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, so, Eric, I got to ask you, we're in a heat wave. How long are we going to be in this heat wave? Uh, well, just a few more days. It seems like it's uh, getting mellow over the weekend. Yeah. Oh, that's that, that's good. So we can go out and play. Yeah, by Monday, we're looking at uh, highs in the seventies again. Oh, oh that's 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 good. Because you see, I have an Irish German background, which means that if I go outside, I don't tan. I burn. You cook yeah. like a sausage. I do <laughs> a little a little round sausage. That's what I. That's what happens to me. Well, that's the Irish German thing. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'm I'm so happy that uh, to be here, and I I'm so glad you brought up the Mermaids Garden. So the Mermaids Garden is in Oregon, and it is a regenerative and sustainable aquaculture farm, um, where we are uh, currently in the process of purchasing property in uh, Sodaville, like Lebanon, Sodaville, Oregon. And it, it is a place where people can go to reconnect to their bodies, the land and themselves. And so it's a retreat space and an aquaculture farm where we're going to grow healthy, happy fishies. And one of our taglines is pregnant women eating fish again, because it won't be full of all the crap that all the other fish is full of. Oh, very, very nice. So an aqua, oh, aqua what farm? 
aquaculture. So we are going to be building the first recirculating aquaculture system in the state of Oregon. And it is a system where the fish are inside in big, huge tanks. They do it all over the world. We just choose not to do it in the United States, apparently, because of course, you know, they're healthy, happy fishes. And so we are building the first recirculating aquaculture system. That's my husband's job because he's a marine biologist. So I just help promote the farm and um, I'm raising money. So we, um, because it's such an innovative way of farming, uh, a lot of people don't understand it because when it's not like cows and pigs. And so we've had a really hard time creating a regenerative and sustainable place for people to go because even though we say global warming is a problem and wouldn't it be great if we had more places to get regionalized sustainable food, we don't actually put our money where our mouth is when it comes to those things. So let me see if I understand this correctly. Yeah. Because I used to... Um, and everybody who knows has been listening to the show for since I started in 2003, I used to be a chicken farmer or a chicken, okay, a chicken yeah. salesman. Yeah. And uh, it was, I worked for a vertically integrated company. So they took it from the egg to the table. Mm -hmm. And so they had control yep. of all the processes that that chicken went through. And I'm not saying that they did a great job of doing that, but they had a choice. They could yeah. either do it one way or they chose to do it another way. Yep. But you are telling me that rather than to eat fish that has been swimming in polluted waters or in the ocean where there's, um, I don't know, little things like, like barbiturates and, 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 um, and what? Mercury. Oh, and, oh yes. And mercury and jet fuel and all kinds of stuff that is floating around in the waters with them. You control the environment that the fish are in. So therefore they are clean. Yeah. And that, is that a great way to describe them as being clean? Yes. And they're not eating themselves. So a lot of, uh, uh, Fish farming right now is like they take the dead fish, turn it into fish feed and feed it back to the fish, Ugh. which is nasty. Um, and so we're also talking about controlling the food that the that the fish are fed. And let me tell you the most amazing part about recirculating aquaculture, because I think you will appreciate this, especially since we just had that global warming talk, <laughs> is all of the water that comes out of the tanks that's so full of that magical fish poop. We're yeah. going to use it on the farm use the plants to clean the water, and then we're going to put it back in again. So it is like a full contained system that uses 95% less water than traditional fish farming. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but um, water is going to be an issue coming yeah. up for like ever. Now. Yeah. yeah. Um, now that uh, they, you know, have you heard of Lake Mead? I have heard of Lake Mead. I've also grew up next to the Great Salt Lake, which is also dying. Yeah, yes, and and uh, Lake Mead, they're finding things in there that they didn't know were there. <laughs> I'm afraid that's going to start happening at the Great Salt Lake. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody took anybody in the great in Salt Lake City oh, and never. put them in a barrel and threw them in the water. Ever. <laughs> Only if they weren't uh, devout Mormon, but that's a story for another time. And I that's don't another know. story. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Well, I think I think that is absolutely outstanding, and it's something that is going to be necessary going forward. And I, I interviewed a gentleman that that uh, he has a um, um, a bug farm basically, yeah. 
and and they take uh, what is it? Not cockroaches, but uh, Cricket. crickets. That's it. Thank you so you know much. Him. You know him? Yeah. Is he the one who's in Mintville? Brian Fisher, I believe yes. is his name. Yeah. Oh, what a small world this is. Yeah. And and he grows um, crickets, and then they take the cricket poop, and they and the cricket poop apparently makes wonderful fertilizer, yep. and it's all natural. And it, it, it and then they take the crickets and they grind them up and and put them into paste and then people can use it for all sorts of things. It's high in protein, and and it's it's very natural. And and just in the United States, we have to get people past the idea of, hey, could you uh you know like pass the crickets, pass the please? Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know it's it it could go right along with Thanksgiving. It's like I we're featuring this year a cricket stuffing. And, and and see who actually eats it, but that's that's okay. Um, but it, it's important. So that's a really important piece of the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Is is the uh, sustainable, and that makes just total sense. It now, really does. How many fish can you work through there? That whole process at a time. Is it is it something that can be scalable? Yes, it's actually two thousand pounds of fish a week. Holy mackerel! Uh, <laughs> No pun intended. Macro, though it's not going to be macro, you know. But the thing I think is really interesting because it is, it is integrated with all my other work. Like this is about a mind, body, spirit, earth connection, right? Like if we are not aligned in all these areas, and if we aren't connecting to the land and figuring out where our food comes from, I think this is why COVID was such a shock for so many people. Is because all of a sudden they were like, "But where do I get my food?" Right. And I think the thing that that has really been fascinating about this process, you know, when you and I were talking earlier today, I, w- I used to be a lobbyist. Like, I understand how government works and how how funding works and how um, how we invest in in agriculture. Like, I understood all of those things. And one of the things that's been really interesting, honestly, Kevin, is that I thought this was a no brainer. I mean, we live in Oregon, right? Like, mm-hmm. here we are in Oregon. It's regenerative, it's sustainable, right? It is, we are a company, my husband is a disabled veteran. You know, he served two tours of duty for this country. At the very least, I thought the veteran thing would get us some money, right? Because there's all these veterans in agricultural programs, but you have to have three years of management experience on a farm to qualify for those programs. And most veterans, unless they're legacy farmers and they have grown up on a farm, don't have that kind of experience because they've been serving our country. We are a woman-owned, LGBT-owned, Native American-owned business. And finding funding and money has been, I have not, I have not been this shocked about funding streams and investment in, I can't remember how long. It has been like pulling teeth to help people understand that if we are going to be the kind of state in particular, but country in the world, where we want to invest in regenerative and sustainable agriculture that helps people with disabilities, Native American people, women, LGBT folks, veterans, we've got the full meal deal. We are the dream of Oregon. And it has been like pulling teeth. Well, first of all, I want to thank your husband for his service. Thank you. 
Um, and I'm sorry that I'm sorry that he was hurt um, in the service of his country. And I hope that he is getting the care that he deserves. Oh, that's another show. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I was afraid that that was going to be another show. And that's another uh, show. Yes, but because there, there's lots of issues there. Yeah. Um, but I, I, so you're telling me, and I don't understand this, so you're going to have to, because you're a former lobbyist, and so you know how it works. And I assume that it works this way because of the, there are other lobbyists that have got more money that they can uh, steer other directions other than what you're working to do. But it seems to me that if you can have a sustainable way of providing food for people that is clean and saves money because your water bill is going to is next to nothing and you're also working environmentally safe and sound and you can't get money <laughs> this is the irony and i think this is the thing that i always teach that i teach people when i'm working with people when i'm speaking to people is that we make assumptions about how our how the world works, right? How money happens, how like how farms get funded, for example, how you know, you said earlier, I hope he's getting the carry needs. That's a whole nother show, like how the VA actually interacts with veterans. Like we make assumptions about all of these systems that aren't true. Right. And so we assume that that if someone wants to start a farm, they can just go and get money from like the USDA or the Department of Agriculture, or even a private banker. And that's not how it works. And I think in particular for progressive folks who are really, who tend to be very interested in all these issues I've just listed, the even the people who are really talking about environmentalism and then talking about what we need to do to help the earth, aren't putting their money behind that either. There, there's, it's so hard to access those funds that even when you try, you have to know somebody who knows somebody. And I think that's why so many people who really have beautiful and amazing ideas for regenerative and sustainable work can't get into how be property owners because that's where the wealth is, right? Yeah. You know. And so if you can't have access to land, you don't have access to the resources that other people in power do. And this is actually where my work of the Graceful Revolution comes in because it is all about having conversations. It's why I really enjoyed talking to you this morning and I'm so happy to be here with you right now is that the more people I talk to about the roadblocks we've hit with the Mermaid's Garden, the more people are like, that's a really important thing. Have you talked to this person yet? And so it's that connection that the kindness, like I'm not mad, I'm not gonna go hating on the USDA, but I am gonna point out the fact that we talk about wanting veterans to have jobs. We talk about people wanting people with disabilities to have jobs. We talk about, you know, especially here in the Pacific Northwest, like LGBT issues, ah, you know, but we don't do anything to help promote people like that. We talk about wanting women to have bodily autonomy, but we don't do anything to ensure the autonomy of the earth. And she's the biggest woman there is. You're right. And it's amazing to me. Now, next week, we're going to have a gal by the name of uh, Selena Luma on. Mm -hmm. and, and she's going to educate us about the disabled community. Yes. And it's startling. It is yeah. just startling what I'm learning. Is yeah. Did you know... And I, I defy anybody. As a matter of fact, if you want to give us a call and you tell me what the minimum wage 
of a disabled person is in the United States, in, in any part of the United States, I will give you 20 bucks if you can give me the right answer. Um, so 425-373-5527, because I had no earthly idea. 425-373-5527. It is unconscionable what we do to people who do not have power in this country. Yeah, I mean, it's really, really stunning. And to the people that we assume have power in this country, right? Like we also make assumptions about the people who have power and don't have power. And I I just really find that where we're at, you know, I was just talking to a client earlier today and I was asking them, you know, what, like if you knew everything was gonna be okay, what would you do differently? Like if you knew that if you woke up tomorrow morning, everything was going to be totally fine, what would you do differently tomorrow that you're not doing today? And her response was, I wouldn't keep putting roadblocks in my way. She like gave me this vision of her rolling a boulder into the middle of a river to stop the flow of all the good things that were coming to her because she couldn't figure out that she deserved that joy and that happiness. And I think we do that all the time because the people in power say you have to work for that. You can't just have it, right? You can't just have that joy, that car, that whatever it is. You can't just have that. You got to work for it. And, and you got to work for me for less money for it. Right. And I think for most of us, most of us have things that come naturally to us that bring us joy and happiness, but we got get told that those aren't the right things, right? How dare I have this dream? Literally, Kevin, it was a dream about a retreat space and an aquaculture farm. I didn't even know what aquaculture was. I had to ask my husband. <laughs> this whole dream comes to me and I'm like, this is gonna be amazing. I can't wait to start telling people about this. And you know, it's so interesting that I'm like, well, darling, that's a mighty ambitious project you've got there. Uh, You're right. Cause you know what? In my part of the world where I live, I want to give my land back. I want to create spaces where everybody is welcome at the table. I want to make sure that we're creating a space based on universal design. So everybody, regardless of ability, is able to, to walk through the same forest, roll through the same forest, be led through the same forest that I am. Our labyrinth is going to be wide enough for wheelchairs and walkers and have bumpers that run along it for blind people so that people aren't just walking a labyrinth. They're actually experiencing the labyrinth for meditation. We're talking about taking this to a whole new level. And Kevin, all I get, well, darling, that's a mighty ambitious project. <laughs> oh, that just has to be, you know, I would say that that just has to be infuriating for you, but you've taken a different attitude towards it. And I want to talk about that because, by the way, we're talking with Dr. Melissa Bird. She is a coach. You can hire her to help you She um, and live your life a little bit better. She's a transitional coach, and she works with everybody. And um, you've also got something called the Art of the Graceful Revolution. Tell us about the art of the graceful revolution. Now, it's got the word re revolution in it, so it's automatically people think, um, you know, we're gonna we're okay. gonna arm up and go, we're gonna arm up and go shoot people. 
Yeah, no, that's not what it is, um, which is why it's so revolutionary. So <laughs> the Art of the Graceful Revolution is an 18-week group coaching program uh, that I created for women who are ready to heal their shame and wounding, engage in inspired intentional action, and learn how to use their intuition to make a difference in their lives and their communities. And all of this was created after the 2016 election. And, you know, I mentioned before I was a lobbyist. And so for years, I, I mean, I'm a social worker. I have a master's degree and PhD in social work. So like, I'm always, I'm the helper. Um, but I knew I didn't want to work in academia and I wanted to take all of what I knew about social justice and reproductive justice and, and start to help as many people as possible. Just find that thing that makes them want to do something different in their community. And so the Art of the Graceful Revolution is a way, it's a group program where 20 women come together twice a year to heal and connect. And I coach um, them through this process that I've created where we really dig into the shame and wounding of the messages that we receive, not just from our families of origin, but also from the community at large and how we can really heal the internalized messages that we have in our head that tell us we're not capable of doing the things that we envision, those mighty big dreams, those mighty ambitious things, uh, the spectacular vision that we have for the world and heal that so that we can go and do the spectacular things that we are meant to do. And a lot of that comes from this, the idea of putting grace and revolution together is, is mind boggling for a lot of people because we have to have grace for ourselves and compassion for ourselves first in order to engage in this work. And the revolution is about dismantling the myths and the misogyny inside of our heads that says, I can't possibly do that. There's no way that I could go forward and create a program. For example, um, I have a really incredible client who works with veterinarians who coaches them through their insecurities so that they can work better with people because veterinarians are great at working with animals. There's a reason they work with animals, but they have a hard time with the owners. Yeah. And so her spectacular vision is because she's a veterinarian is to create spaces for veterinarians to be able to connect, not just with the animals, but with people. And it's just amazing to me, the, the caliber of people I get to work with doing this job who get to engage in revolutionary acts that are not, I mean, it's not like they're making the CNN top 20 heroes or whatever that thing is every year, you know, or like they're not getting on Oprah, right. Or whatever. But these are people who are figuring out how, like you say, we can figure out a way to live together in harmony and connect with their neighbors and the other people in their world so that we can make a difference in the world. And that's the revolution. And I think it's a wonderful, I, I, I am all in, in, in that, in that revolution, because um, I believe that we need to be kind to one another. We need to take care of one another and we need to work our rear end off to make this place a better place for us and our children and our grandchildren. I have a four-year-old grandchild mm. and, and I want, when she's my age, I want her to be able to say, my, this is a nice place we live in. Mm -hmm. not what where we're headed and so we got, got to work together to fix that don't you think i do and i think a really important part of this and a really big piece of this for me has been learning how to talk to people who don't who aren't like me right like 
who don't necessarily agree with everything that I want in the world, but I'm still willing to hear them out at a human level. And I learned that as a lobbyist when I was working in Utah, like when you approach people from where they're at, not where you want them to be, the whole entire world changes because you find commonalities among each other. You find shared humanity among each other. So even if you differ politically, even if you differ socially, no matter what that divide is that classism, racism, sexism, all that stuff that we bring up, when we connect with each other at a human level and hear each other out instead of screaming at each other, everything becomes different. But what I know to be true is that sometimes that has to happen at the dinner table. Sometimes that does have to happen with behind a closed door. And I think now more than ever, you know, I left the Utah legislature in 2011. So everything has changed in the last 11 years since then. And this divisiveness, it can go away. But we have to not shame people into the spotlight to have these difficult conversations. Sometimes it's going to be as subtle as going to your neighbor down the street that doesn't necessarily agree with you and having a conversation with them in a way that is human. Mm -hmm. We all have thoughts. We all have needs. We all have fear. We all have joy. We all have, we have everything. But in a lot of, in a lot of cases, there are people who are living from a place of hate, division, and fear. Because mostly it's fear because they're scared of losing what they already have or right. whatever it is. Um, and we have to get over that and realize that we're all t t together. We're all one people. We're all the same. And if we don't fix it, we're going to be in for a world of trouble. And that's why I love what, what, you, what you're doing. And there's also something else that you're doing that I wanted to highlight today that I can't pronounce. So I get to, you get to pronounce it, okay? Yes. I'm so excited to be a part of the Power of Passionistas Summit. It is a virtual summit happening online, uh, September 21st to the 23rd. And I have to tell you, one of the things that I love about this conference, so when I found out about it, it's a three-day virtual event that focuses on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I will be very honest. I'm all, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Someone else is doing DEI work, right? Whatever. But I have to tell you that I have, in all these years, I started doing diversity, equity, and inclusion work 30 years ago. In all these years, I have never seen anything like what Amy and Nancy Harrington are sisters, and they founded the Passionistas Project. And I have to tell you, I have never experienced an actual diverse, equitable, inclusive space in this kind of work. And I think the thing that is so remarkable is that this, the conference features, like there's literally a panel on decolonization. There is a panel on education. There's a panel on voting. But the thing that they're doing is really bringing together the disability community, indigenous communities, and the people who are normally so invisible that even when DEI, you know, the DEI rep at a, at a company says, we're going to do diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's so performative. And the thing I love about the Passionistas Project and this summit is it's not a performance. It's legitimately the way Amy and Nancy live. And every single person that is part of this is going to have the experience of sitting 
and everything's recorded. So even if you can't be there the entire time, you get to be a part of this project. And I, P, this is just, I really have never seen anything like this, Kevin, honestly, <laughs> like it is so powerful. The storyteller events that are going to be taking place and the stories that are going to be told. I've really never seen anything like it. Well, one of the really cool things is that rather than um, Nancy or Amy getting up there and preaching to people about this is going on and this is going on, this is being done by the people that have been affected by it at a grassroots level and, and uh, that, that they understand what's going on and, and they, they're, because they're living it. Yeah. And, and so they have the opportunity and you have the opportunity to tap into their wisdom because they wake up every day and this is what's going on. Yeah. And, and it, like if your listeners have been sitting around wondering, how do I help my company or my world uh, actually engage in authentic diversity, equity and inclusion work? Do not miss this summit because the people speaking at this summit, like you just said, are going to be talking from their lived experience about what this looks like. And I'm um, I'm really excited to be facilitating a power of rebellion panel where we're going to be. I'm so excited. (laughs) Who you rebel? But my friend, Crystal Walker, who does diversity, equity and inclusion work um, and a couple of other folks are going to be talking about that the power of rebellion is not about like going out and marching and throwing a tantrum. It's going to be, we're going to talk about how our stories of connection and sitting down at the table and a firm belief in our spiritual practices is actually a form of rebellion. And so I'm really excited um, about all of these panels where these stories are going to get to be told in tangible ways that people are going to be able to walk away and go, I can totally incorporate that into my work. I'm so excited to connect this person with this person with this person. One of the awardees, Rebecca Coakley, who works for the Ford Foundation now, um, she's in charge of their um, disability uh, rights program, is, um, and she's the first U.S. disability rights program officer for the Ford Foundation. The first one? Yeah. The Ford Foundation seems to me to be a rather large company. They've been around for time and eternity, but she's the very first disability program officer. And her, she she received an award from the Passionistas. And her talk, y'all, it's worth the price of admission just to listen to Rebecca Coakley talk about her experience um, as a disability rights advocate. She's phenomenal. And, And I mean, I just cannot say enough about this summit. So it's September uh, 21st to the 23rd. Tickets are on sale now at thepassionistasproject.com. It's really easy to Google. It's amazing. Everybody should go. It's incredible. It's open to everyone. So don't just think it's like for people who do diversity, equity, and inclusion work. It's for everyone. And I really think just the stories that they're sell- themselves are going to be amazing. Tickets are super affordable and there's a student discount rate. So if you're a student and you're listening to this, there's a really great student rate. You are a really good spokesperson for that. <laughs> Thanks. You did, you did, you did really well. Speaking of which I posed a question earlier 
And the question was, does anybody know what the the lowest that some places in this country can pay a disabled person? Nobody responded, so nobody wins my 20 bucks. I'm going to keep it myself. Thank you very much. But I'm going to tell you right now that there are places in this country where a disabled person is allowed to make 22 cents an hour. Yeah. 22 cents an hour. I think convicts even make more than that. Yep. And I'm going to add something to that that I didn't add earlier because I wanted to uh, blow your mind a little bit more. Okay. Thank you. You know that in order, <laughs> in order to qualify for disability benefits, you had to have worked for a certain amount of time in this country. That's true. So if your disability has kept you from working, you can't qualify for disability. That's what they call a catch 22, I do believe. But you can't um, get hired if you've got a disability. That's right. Unless you're not you are... around to work. For example, if my husband filed for 100% disability through the Veterans Administration, which he could, he actually qualifies for that, he could never have a job again. Because they don't want... Why? <laughs> <laughs> because the VA doesn't want to pay benefits for his disability that's service-connected and have him have a job. Yeah. It's it's mind boggling, but you know, and that that's why an event like this is so important for people to to get educated by because I'm learning in in the course of doing this show, I'm learning some facts and figures that are just mind numbing um, for for me. As an example, now you worked in Salt Lake City and you worked for Planned Parenthood. I did. I was the lobbyist for Planned Parenthood of Utah for six and a half years. And so I'm going to I'm going to give you this statistic and you tell me whether you think that we're on the path of lowering this or raising it. And that is currently in this country, there are four and a half million people in the foster care system. Given the course of events of that happened this summer, do you think there are going to be more people in the foster care system or less? Well, let me tell you, I used to work in child welfare, so. <laughs> You've been I around, actually, girl. This question from a, a couple of different places. So um I I think for sure we're gonna end up with more kids in foster care, but I don't think it's just re- directly related to what happened in the Supreme Court. I think what is happening environmentally, so I it's not a coincidence that the Dobbs decision was released, um, you know, that affects Roe versus Wade and all of those things. By the way, watch out for your contraception. But in the same week, in the same seven-day period, they took away tribal sovereignty for tribes. And they also reversed some pretty profound decisions about the EPA and what the EPA could regulate and what it can't regulate. And so it wasn't just that we that the Supreme Court made a decision about bodily autonomy for women. It actually is going to, I mean, clearly men are part of that equation. But also they took away the autonomy and the sovereignty of tribes even further. And they took away the, the sovereignty of, of the earth, of the planet. And I don't think that's a coincidence. And so I think when you ask the question, how many more kids are going to be in foster care? I don't think it's just going to be because we have a ton of unplanned pregnancies where people don't have access to abortion. I think what's going to happen is we're also going to end up with a whole bunch of climate refugees from our own country. I mean, there's a place in Mississippi right now that doesn't have any water. Look at how long it took for Flint to get fixed. There's a reservation here in Oregon, uh, the Warm Springs Reservation, that hasn't had clean water in 
like years. So I think this is going to be our kids in foster care. That that is also another show, my friend. Our <laughs> kids in foster care, that system is so broken and so overwhelmed. And part of it is because of the judgment we have about biological parents and their capacity to parent. Because, because those parents, it's not like we've set up a structure for them to learn how. We don't have a structure in this country to teach people how to break the cycles of poverty and abuse and neglect. We don't have systems in this country to teach people how to break the cycle of addiction. We don't have systems set up where we can the problem with the foster system is we make assumptions that those parents are problematic instead of the system being problematic. And so, and a lot of it's generational. <clears throat> and and so I think that we have to look again, this goes all the way back to the beginning of our conversation. We've got to look at this as a mind, body, spirit, earth connection. And that is what we're missing in this debate about the Supreme Court. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And uh, I, I, I think you're wonderful, Dr. Melissa. Would you come back and, and share more? We got, we got more shows to do you and I, I would love that. I'd be honored. Now, if, if somebody wants to get a hold of you to work with you, how do they get that done? Ooh, the best way to get a hold of me is through my website at Dr. 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 Melissa bird.com. And you can follow me on all the social media at bird girl, B I R D G I R L one zero zero one on all the socials. Do you realize that the 40 minutes has gone so fast? It's beautiful. Isn't it? <laughs> it really is. And you are, you are an energetic, wonderful soul. And I want to thank you for the work that you're doing, the work that you will do and the impact that you're going to have on the people and the planet. I think it's, outstanding thank you so much i'm so pleased to have met you i hope you have a beautiful afternoon i have to i hope you do too and okay. you know i say that all the time and people don't believe me but i always do yeah good it's all, all of life so dr melissa thank you so much for being here if they want to get a hold of you one more time you can find me on the web at drmelissabird.com or on all the social media at birdgirl, B-I-R-D-G-R-R-L-1001. And she's going to go from this show to another podcast because she just ain't done yet. <laughs> so I want to thank you so much for being here and you have a wonderful day. And uh, um, we're going to take a commercial break and we shall return with more right after this. Do you believe in the combination of brain work and spirituality? Her grace and sense of humor have made Allison Roberts highly sought after. She's a cognitive behavioral expert with natural intuition. Allison has guided thousands of people all over the world to find their internal power. Visit A-L-L-Y-S-O-N-R-O-B-E-R-T-S.com for your free guided meditation today. My name is Kevin McDonald, and I created Positive Talk Radio on KKNW 1150 AM. And if you like what we're doing here, evolving ideas one conversation at a time, we have so much more to offer you on PositiveTalkRadio.net. Over 160 podcasts and growing. Great positive guests and many thoughts and ideas designed to help you and your family live life just a little bit better. You can even contribute to our work by becoming a member and receiving lots of cool stuff. Please check it out. 
I created PTR because now's the time for positive change and nothing else matters. Again, visit PositiveTalkRadio.net and thanks for listening. When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. Now through New Year's Eve, here's your exclusive bonus for being our appreciated listener. Type in promo code Positive Talk Radio at checkout to receive $20 off your order. Our gift to you for being here with us today. Anaturaldesign.com Have you ever said, how did I do this again? Want to create your own powerful life? Well, Allison Roberts can help resolve the issues that keep repeating by creating a new outcome. She is one of the top 100 coaches in the world and will help you achieve your dreams. Email her at allison at allisonroberts.com or visit allisonroberts.com and receive a free guided meditation and discover all of her ongoing programs and events. And welcome back to Positive Talk Radio, everybody. My name is Kevin McDonald, and you're listening to KKNW, 1150 AM. And uh, my guest has had to depart a little bit early, and uh, she had to go um, do another podcast. So um, I was just kind of curious. Um, Eric, are you there, sir? I am here. Oh, good. <laughs> I was just curious. What did you th- what did you think of that that f- the aqua farm idea? I mean, that's very cool. Uh, it'll be interesting to see when it's up and running how how well it goes. It really will be. And if you're just tuning in, this was a idea that um, Dr. Melissa had, and and her husband, who's a a marine bi- biologist, she said, I think, and uh, they've got an idea for creating a. Um, aqua farm for fish that is self-sufficient meaning that they use the same water over and over again mm-hmm. um, they are able to produce right now i guess two thousand pounds a week of, of of fish i didn't ask her what type of fish it was though i should have asked her that um any ideas <laughs> <laughs> i imagine salmon will be in there that's very popular yeah, probably salmon or trout or, or something like that, or, or a bottom fish of some kind. But uh, so anyway, I, Eric, I wanted to let you know, and I wanted, wanted to play this. There's a gentleman that I've interviewed. I don't know if, if you were part of the interviews or not. His name is Tommy Tika, and he's a singer-songwriter out of Finland. And he's a real good he's a real good friend of the show, and he has got a program um, where it's the album that he is on is called Born Free, and I highly suggest that you go and get it. It's the second one of the series, and the Born Free is um, is put together by a producer for the for the um, um, charity Born Free, which is Eric. Do you remember the 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 movie in the 60s called born free well that was before my time but i'm certainly aware of the title and the and the song was like a a really big song uh i i know that because when i was learning guitar in school that was one of the songs that uh we we had the chords for and so you you weren't born in the 60s no (laughs) 
the older I get, the more I realize everybody's just younger than me. Anyway, um, so this this um, charity is called Born Free, and it was started by the actor and actress that were in the original movie. And uh, their name escapes me right now, but they've, they are working towards building a better uh, a place for the animals to be and, uh, and in a more sustainable environment. And so this music publisher went to Tommy Tika and a bunch of other guys, and they put together an album. It's called Born Free. And it, all the proceeds from that album go to the charity, which I think is a really cool idea. Absolutely. And, and so you can go to uh, 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 like Spotify and download a song uh, from Born Free and you will be and the, the entire proceeds of the song go to the charity. So um, I would recommend that you do that. I've checked the charity out. <clears throat> they are real and they're, they're, they're trying to do the good things in, in the world. So I would love for you to be able to go do that. Now, there is something else that Tommy Tika did for me that I wanted to uh, um, let you guys listen to it and tell me what you think. I think this is a song that he created especially for for Positive Talk Radio, and we're going to use it as a theme song in various various ways and, and ideas. So so I, I thought that we would go ahead, and since I got nothing else to do, and... <laughs> There's always plenty to talk about, but this is exciting stuff. Yeah, well, you know, it, it was, it's not out there anywhere else. You can't buy it. You can't get it. You can't, you can't download it anywhere. You can't do it unless you talk, unless you talk to me, baby. You're going to have to talk to me. But it's a, it's, a, it's a real song. It's a real cool song. So well, let's play it, and then we can talk about it on the other side. Now, this is the one called Fire and Ice, correct? This is the one called Fire and Ice. And actually, the lyrics that as the, the, you'll hear is about two brothers that are playing pirates in the backyard. And, and, uh, and it was, turns out it was Tommy's kids, and so he kind of wrote the song about that. The one that I'm going to use has, has been, uh, um, I, I get the tune, and I, and, and, but not the words quite so much. But, and oh. we're changing some of those. But, but anyway, this is Fire and Ice. Tommy Tika is the singer-songwriter. And here I thought it was because you're a pirate, Kevin. No, 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 no. <laughs> a positive <Okay>. pirate. <laughs> Yar. To tell me where to go As if I didn't know The road was new A winding path The map showed a photograph of where the X was marked Stood a marabou We fought fire and ice Odysseys of different sorts Would be we fought fire and ice Crew was just my king brother and me We fought fire and ice The wrestling of the leaves In this jungle Fire and
is Tommy Tika. He's from Finland. As a matter of fact, he just recently won the ISSA um, award for foreign singer. He was originally from the United States, but he lives in Finland now. And so he won the uh, the, the singer award this year. And Eric, what'd you think of the song? I liked it. Very catchy. Now, you are a musician guy of note. Do you still play? I don't know like of note. <laughs> <laughs> well, years ago, I know that you you played and uh, and you wrote some stuff and you yeah. recorded some stuff. And, mm-hmm. and are, you, are you still doing that, whether you do it for fun or for profit? It doesn't matter. <laughs> yes, uh, definitely still working on music. Um, at putting the finishing touches on our debut record, only... 20 years in the making or whatever it's <laughs> but yeah yeah getting ready to uh release that hopefully here by the end of the year can will you let uh, uh can we have it on the show and play it for you sure i would i would love to i would love to be able to do that because one of the things that that i love to do in addition to talk to people about you know positive issues but also musicians i i, I love them and what they're doing in fact Tommy tika is going to be here monday at 9 a.m he's bringing a couple of other singer songwriters that are on born free the album and so it would be great fun if you guys wanted to to listen on monday it's nine to ten uh, right here on KKNW, eleven fifty a.m., and it really is fun to talk to these guys. That well, Eric, you know, um, a musician, somebody who's a singer songwriter, it is amazing. Now, the song that you just heard, Tom did all of it, all the vocals, all the uh, all the instruments. Um, he put it together. He produced it. I I don't I can't even wrap my head around how you guys do that. It is really impressive when, uh, you know, one person can create a whole song like that. I I can't do that. I play with uh, other musicians, and 
you know, we, we get into a groove, so to speak. But uh, to get into a groove with yourself, I, I think, is a little bit tougher. But that, that's all the more impressive that he could do that for sure. Well, it's 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 fun. I I didn't know that you were still um um playing music and stuff. What what's what instrument do you play? I play guitar and sing. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Have you guys done any gigs? Are you is there any place anybody can find you? Oh, yeah, lots of gigs. Um but uh you know, we've kind of been paused from gigs since like the first week of the pandemic. So, looking forward to getting back out there eventually but uh, right now we've kind of got a labor shortage in the band so it is funny that uh, you know the group has also kind of experienced the same thing it's like a microcosm of the whole the whole world with the pandemic i got to ask you because i've never done it i mean i've been an actor and i've been on stage but i've never i've never been like a musician putting my own stuff out there what is it like being on stage, playing your own music, and uh, with people that are listening to it, it it's got to be some kind of a really cool moment in time. It is, yeah. I mean, it's nerve-wracking probably the first couple times, and um, you know, but then it it becomes very enjoyable for sure. Yeah, yeah. The, which which is good. I'm glad. I'm glad you're still doing it, and you haven't given up on your dream. That's that is so important. Then you've been doing this for since I've known you. Which is, you know, and you still look good, un- unlike <laughs> some other stuff that have gotten old and, and gray and stuff. But you're, but I, I think it's just awesome that you're you're following your passion and and I, whether or not you sell a million uh, albums or not, it really is inconsequential because you're doing this out of the pure love of of putting the music together, right? Yeah, uh, we do it for fun. Definitely not expecting to sell a million copies and you know and not as as music as the music industry is now for sure uh, but that would have been a stretch even even before when people actually bought records uh so you know but it's just so much fun to you know be creative absolutely and by the way as I you would... well know from doing this show oh I, I, I just love it and and by the way if you want to go find out more about the show and what we do you can go to positivetalkradio.net and there, I've got 230 episodes up now, plus some, and some, and some videos. And we're also on Instagram and, and Facebook, and we're everywhere. We've got lots of stuff going, and it really is a lot of fun. And I don't want to thank everybody for putting up with me for all these years. It's great. It's great fun to be here, and Eric has always done a really good job. They, the producers at KKNW, I tell you, all three of them that I work with are nothing short of amazing. And um, I would impl- imp- listen to this station because it's a it's a really cool station that is put on for independent people who want to have something to say, and it provides us with a forum that you can't get anywhere else. You can't get it in corporate radio because they won't let you on. They they get to choose and pick, and all that. So. Listen to KKNW. I think it's well worth your time. And Eric, I want to thank you very much for being here. And you have yourself a wonderful day. And remember, everybody, take care of each other because each other's all we got. We'll see you Friday.